Hey sis, welcome to the Money Mindset Podcast. Are you a working, high-achieving professional woman, constantly working extra shifts to keep your finances in order? Have you found yourself being overwhelmed, exhausted, constantly worrying about your financial future? Are you always starting and stopping projects, delayed in completing tasks, or postponing things you need to accomplish in your life because you believe you're not financially fit enough to enjoy your life? Do you secretly believe in order to have a healthy financial future, you have to keep hustling and neglect yourself in the process? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then this podcast is just for you. I am your host, Dr. Temi, a board-certified emergency physician, wife, and mom of two. I'm also your power coach. This podcast will transform the way you've approached your mindset about money so that you can have a renewed, refreshed, and re-energized life so that you can practice medicine on your own terms and also monetize your purpose. All right, well, let's get into it. Hey guys, this is Dr. Temi once again from the Money Mindset MD, and I am here to talk to you today about three ways in which your money blocks could be sabotaging your wealth. But first, let's listen to Rihanna, okay? Did you guys see the the um, Super Bowl performance? Like, she was on there. Yes. Taking on my inner Rihanna, baby. Act like you forgot. I call the shot, shot, shots. What you owe me? Don't act like you forgot. Have my money. (laughs) My money. Right. Let's get started with the topic today. Like, oh man, let me tell you something. Rihanna, you did the thing, girl. Like, I was just so excited to see a boss babe on that platform, on that stage, killing it while pregnant. It reminds me of the days when I used to be in the emergency department, heavily pregnant, 30 weeks plus pregnant, okay, running colds and Central lines, intubations, all of that while not even using the restroom. Like, hello, somebody. Like, women, I tell y'all, like, y'all are my sheroes completely. So, anyway, this is basically getting back to our series of me wanting to help 10 high-achieving professional women who are in their mid-career 2x their money this year. 
we are going to break down all of the money blocks that has been preventing you from getting to that next level where you want to get to. Okay. All of it is in here, like in here. Okay. So back to our topic for today. Let's just hear me out. Okay. One of the one of the initial ways in which you can be sabotaging yourself inadvertently is you may say things like, I need to wait for the right conditions to invest or for everything to be in order or to be perfect in my finances before I invest, right? And some ways that shows up is if, you're thinking about getting your first property, right? The traditional method has been, oh, you need to have 20% down before you get that property. And a lot of the times it's because, you know, there's been this fear of like having a PMI, like don't, you know, if you don't put 20% down, then you're going to have a PMI and all this stuff. But there's ways around that, right? So we're not getting into that really today. We're really getting into... What is the fear that you have behind that statement, right? So I need to have everything in order before I invest, right? You're afraid of the unknown. You're afraid maybe that the property value may drop suddenly out of nowhere. Just when you got in, it dropped. You may fear that you would lose money right? Maybe you're not experienced in getting properties. Maybe someone has sold you, you know, a bag of BS. Um, And so you may not know exactly the numbers you're looking for and what you should have or potentially should have um, calculated before getting that property, right? So you're just afraid overall. But what I... What I want to come to you today and say, why don't you just say or try to believe within your body that no matter what the situation that arises or the conditions that arise, I will adapt, right? So think about this, right? I know a couple who had the money, right? But they wanted to get their first property and they didn't quite have the 20% down. I mean, they had it, but they just didn't want to use all of their cash to get it. And they found a way to put 5% down, right? And over five years now, this same property was able to appreciate almost $200,000 in five years. So think about that. Like, think how smart that is, right? Let's say you put that money in the bank, you may get 1% yield, maybe if it's a you know high interest, high yield savings account, you may get as high as like 2.5, maybe 3%. Like I've never seen a high yield savings account give you 5, 6% a year. If you put that same money that you put down on that home that was 5% down, into that bank that would only give you about one to two percent, then you see how you're kind of losing money in that process because you would have missed out on all of that appreciation over the last 
five years. So that's one way in which you could be sabotaging your wealth, right? Okay. The other thing is you may be afraid to use other people's money, right? So I think that's another avenue in which people kind of get a little bit concerned, right? And so a lot of the times they might say, okay, I need to consult my closest friends and family prior to making my own decisions about my wealth and about my money. But this is an area that one can really, really get caught up in, right? You can get really tripped up in this area, especially if you're going around asking everyone else for permission to make decisions about your own money, right? Remember, if you're not in tune with your potential money blocks, and a lot of that is like your unconscious chatter about money, what it means, how you relate to debt, what you've attached your self-concept to, your concept of um, yourself and your worth as it relates to money, then you may just be interacting with the same type of person, which is obviously yourself. So if you're going to so-and-so, cousin, uncle, auntie, who doesn't even have experience in certain investments, and now you're asking them their opinion about what you should do with your money, majority of the time, they're going to tell you stories of other people. And typically those stories are negative ones. And it's just because the mind, the unconscious mind overall just wants to protect you, right? Like, so I imagine that your loved one is not intentionally trying to sabotage you. They're just trying to protect you from losing all your money, right? So at times what will happen is you'll talk to them. They'll tell you a story of so-and-so who invested in certain property or certain deal in an out-of-state, you know, syndication, for example, or, or, you know, any of those kind of stories. And then they'll tell you, of course, how things have gone wrong or how this person has lost all their money. They may not know all the full details, but all you think about is lost money and you're like, nope, 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 nope. So you get stuck in an analysis paralysis state, in a state of fear, and then you don't take action. And then you look back and it's months later, years later, a decade later, and you may hear of so-and-so who actually took the leap of faith, right? Wasn't afraid to fail, right? And just kind of mitigated maybe their failures, by having a plan um, and by also surrounding themselves with people who've been there, you may look back now and say, oh, I wish I would have made that move when I had the opportunity five years ago, or I wish I would have made that move 10 years ago, right? And when you think about it, at times when you're in the moment and when you're in the now, if you see an opportunity, that's usually the time where it's time to make a move. Because, and I'm not saying like just make a um, an irrational move, right? I'm talking about taking a calculated risk. I'm taking. I'm talking about taking a calculated action. So, if 
you're seeing something that could be a potential good return of investment, depending on what you define as a good return of your investment. It's very different for each person. The longer you wait, the longer you may be delaying your wealth journey. And I just say that knowing firsthand from you know my personal experiences as well as experiences of other physicians, colleagues. Um, a lot of the times people usually are like regretting that they didn't make a move four or five years ago in certain investment brackets. And then now they're like, okay, I want to play catch up. So instead of playing catch up, just make a calculated decision. And if you're going to make those kind of decisions, right, you want to check your unconscious money blocks. You want to check what it is that could be preventing you from making a move and making a decision. What kind of maybe childhood issues that you may have surrounding money, um, what you've always been taught about money, um, knowing your philosophy and your wealth strategy. Like those are the things to think about when you're now consulting other people about how to spend your money. And I would say it's best to do it with folks who are at a level that is higher than you. Like do it with folks that are at a level that is higher than where you are. Okay. Because they can tell you, they can tell you about some of the pros, some of the cons, some of the calculated risks that they took. Um, some of the failures that they may have had, but, you know, and they could kind of teach you certain pitfalls to avoid, but then you wouldn't be blocked and you wouldn't stop completely as far as gaining that, what do I call it? So gaining that power to take control of your wealth story. Okay. All right. So that was number two. The third way. Mm -mm -mm. The third way. I'm going to just put this out here is lack of boundaries with your money. Right? So you're not assigning specific brackets to every Dollar. So like every dollar does not have a specific assignment of where it should go. Okay. So you have your income that's coming in, your clinical income that's coming in. And you may have a budget plan. You may have a spending plan. Um, but then outside of that, if you have any like leftover discretionary income, what are you doing with it? Are you freely giving away to family members and friends? That might be another avenue in which you're sabotaging your wealth, right? Because let's face it, let's face it. We all have some family members and friends who, if you're not careful, you fall into a just very odd power dynamic where you become 
the lender and they are the borrower, right? Because they see you as, oh, she has a lot of money. He has a lot of money and I don't. So they are the victim and you are the rescuer, right? You feel guilty, maybe, that you've gotten to a certain certain level in life and they may not be at that specific level because you may know their story, their history, some of the challenges that they may face, all of those things, right? And so you may, out of pity, out of guilt, feel like, okay, well, what is $200? I'll just send that to them and help them, right? But then they, you, you constantly see that this is like a consistent cycle where they get into a bind. You now are rescuing. They get into a bind, you're rescuing. So then there's no ownership on their part as far as like their decision making when it comes to their money. So they feel like they have a backup. They feel like they have something to fall back on. But then I, I challenge you, check yourself and see why you've gotten into that dynamic. Why you've gotten into that triangle with this person. Right? Is it because you have this sense of, you may have a, a sense of, con, you know, your self concept may be that you always want to just help other people and then neglect yourself in the process. So you might want to analyze, like, why are you neglecting your own self or why are you afraid to draw the boundaries? Right? What would what would be the worst that could happen if you told this person no? Would they stop talking to you? Would they stop being your friend? Will they no longer want to hang out with you? And if that's the reason that you no longer hear from this person because you've now drawn the line and said, "Hey, look, I need you to take some ownership and take some actionable steps in improving your own financial well-being." If they now decide that they no longer want to talk to you or be friends with you or have an attitude, then you may question the nature of that relationship in the first place. There's a lot of these things that you may get into and it's a unconscious chatter, right? Like it's sometimes these words aren't said, but it's an energy that's exchanged between the two parties. And the best that the, you can do is just remove yourself from that interplay without the guilt, without the shame, without feeling bad or sorry for them. Okay? So let's just do an example here. So let's say that you are giving out $200 a month to a, a family member who basically has not really been resourceful with the money and he has been seeing you as an ATM. You're doing 200 a month. So in one year, that's 2,400. Another year, that's 4,800, 9,600, 19,200. That's the 8,400 in five years. Imagine what you could have done with that money if you put it in, let's just even say a very simple like index fund or REIT, R-E-I-T, or any other investment avenue. I'm sure you have a way more money than $38,000. If you're doing just an index fund in at like, let's say about 6%, then 
that money probably would have been about double in five years. So I'm just saying that these are ways that you may just not realize that you could be sabotaging your own wealth because you're not building your own boundaries. You're not understanding your money mindset and you're not understanding your money blocks, right? So, but that's okay because you have someone like me who can help you strategize and analyze where it is that you could be missing the road in terms of that, right? So I've developed multiple tools in my framework. It's called the power framework, where we go through all of the mindset dramas as it relates to money. We literally break all of that down. And we have a tool that will give you the actionable steps to shifting your mindset, okay? It is called the money in action tool. (laughs) Oh, it's amazing. And with that, as well as having an accountability partner and someone that will be on your side and on your strategic planning committee, right? That's what I want to call it, right? Because that's what your wealth, that's how you should be seeing building your wealth as, as this is a, this is a committee, a wealth committee where I need a CEO and I need a CFO and I need someone who's going to be that person that makes sure that we take action. Okay. Your life and your journey and your wealth building is all up to you. All up to you. But with the assistance of a coach, you can get a lot further to where you want to be. Right? So the doors of the Money Mindset Academy is open. You can go on my website, www.moneymindsetmd.com. Apply. And I'll see if you make a good fit into the academy And then we'll now book a strategy call and we'll talk about some of the things that you feel have been kind of sabotaging your wealth journey. And then from there, we'll create an action plan as to how you're going to break out of that and be on your way to the other side. Okay. So like I said, I'll drop um, my decision call link in the stories at the end of this. And I'm just, I'm just excited for you to get started. Like today, take actions today. Don't wait any further. Like that example that I told you, five years investing in this property and that property made that family over $200,000 worth in equity with only 5% down. That could be anyone's story. Okay. All right. It was so good talking to you guys today and join me again tomorrow. We're going to be helping 10 women, high professional women change the trajectory of their money life. Okay. Have a good day, everyone. Bye-bye.